Amen. Amen. We're glad that you're here tonight, and we're glad that you took time out of your busy schedules again to be with us in the house of the Lord. And God is good, isn't he? Amen. Well, we appreciate you coming all the way from Papa Bluff to be here. Amen. And, and uh, all the things that you do and all the blessings of the Lord. And some of you might have drove a long way and, and uh, some of you might have just drove a short distance. But we're glad you're here. Amen. And, and Jesus, more importantly, is glad that you come. The Bible says that we're to assemble ourselves the more so as we see that day approaching. Before we get into the word tonight, we want you to know that uh, offering baskets are in the back. Those, on all the doorways there, you can give your tithes and offering and give as given unto the Lord. And God will bless you for your giving tonight. Man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're, we're looking forward for the speaker. We'd like for Mike Burton to come on up and get ready to preach tonight. Okay, he's not here. <laughs> I'll take his place then. I was, uh, I was talking to uh, Cassie. She's here. There she is. I was talking to her yesterday, and I told her, I said, Cassie, you are stinking wore out. You could just see it on her face. She's just tired, you know. It's, she's either tired or she was bored with me talking to her because every now and then she just yawned. And she said, well, Brother Burton, she said, you don't get it. I said, what do you mean I don't get it? She said, I had the stupidest and the weirdest dream that I've ever had in my life. And she said, I never have dreams, but this was weird. And she said, you're going to think I'm weird. She said, I had a nightmare. I said, well, what, what do you mean you had a nightmare? She said, you're never going to believe it, but I dreamt last night that I was a muffler. I said, a muffler on a car? And she said, yeah, I woke up this morning exhausted. Sorry, Cassie. <laughs> well, I thought it was funny. <laughs> oh, God is good, isn't he? Amen. Well, we're glad that uh, we're able to be in the house of the Lord, and it's always good to come on a Wednesday night and pray. Prayer is what changes things, and uh, prayer is what moves God. And, and um, you know, I know the last three years and four years we've been talking about prayer, and we've heard some of the greatest testimonies. We've We've experienced some of the greatest miracles that God has done, and we've experienced uh, just the healings and the salvations. And, you know, sometimes we, we get to thinking, and I've told the guys this before, that I used to pray all the time that, God, would you just, would you just bring miracles after miracles? Would you just render the heavens and just allow the Spirit of God to come down and saturate this place with miracles after miracles? And... And one night, God just stopped me as I was praying. He said, Mike, he said, there's miracles every day amongst you. And uh, I didn't really understand what he meant by that. And, I, and, I, and believe me, I think the greatest miracle of all is when you give your life to the Lord. I think that's the greatest miracle. I don't think there's no greater miracle than a person accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior and uh, making, a, making their way to heaven. But... Uh, I, uh, I begin to reminisce about the church over the last three or four years since we started this and, and begin to pray that God would begin to send revival and that just things would break loose. And, and I really feel like that we're in the midst of revival right now. I, re I really feel like that we are in the last awakening, uh, great awakening of the church, and I believe that God is, is, is doing something. And I think that we are 
and I, I try not to be selfish about it, but I really think that we're one of the churches for the last end time movements. And uh, I don't think every church is going to be a participator in it, but I really believe that this church is going to. And I believe that God is, is preparing and prepping us now for that. But over the last few years, and I didn't write it down, and if I did, I'd probably have a list as, as, as a mile long. But I, I just got to thinking about different ones that uh, have given their life to the Lord and that God has changed them completely. There's a guy that works with me every now and then by the name of Craig. And you know Craig. And all this boy wants to do is talk about the Lord. And that's all he wants to talk about is Jesus. Matter of fact, uh, you know, you have to make him work sometime because he wants to talk about Jesus. If him and James ever worked together, my brother-in-law, they would just take advantage of me and they'd talk about Jesus. And so he, we know that, you know, I didn't know Craig and didn't have the privilege to know him when you guys did. And Brother Miller's probably seen him since he was a pup. But I know that he got straight away from the Lord and all of a sudden uh, come a time that he gave his life to the Lord. And now he's, uh, he's doing great works for God. And I thought about the miracle of Cassie. I remember when her and her first, I mean, when her, not her first, but her husband came. And uh, I just heard reports about what God was doing and how God changed their lives. And, and me and Cassie's talked a little bit about her, her life and how that God changed her and and uh, then now I'm looking at the lives that is being affected because of one lady that got saved and turned her heart over to the Lord and had a burden for other ladies. And uh, just only God will ever record what people's come out of her ministry or is coming out of her ministry or out of this church that has been set free and been delivered from all kinds of bondages. And uh, we have experienced it. We have seen it. We have seen God move in this church. And we've seen people after people come up and get certificates and awards because they finally accomplished the program after so many months. And uh, uh, I, I just constantly am seeing people at the altar and lives are being changed. And I got to thinking, you know, that's what the church is for. And that's why God created us in his image. And that's why he said, go into all the world and teach and preach my gospel. And so tonight, I just want to talk just a, a few minutes tonight about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, everybody says the last two years has been terrible. The pandemic uh, things is happening. Our government's changed. Our world has changed. Uh, America has changed. And things aren't uh, looking very good. Then there's um, uh, a, a guy that I read some of his books, and he talked about in 2030 that America will no longer be the, the America that it once was, that inflation is going to go skyrocket, and, and things are just going to go boom, and all these things are going to happen. And I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that Jesus is in control of America. And I know that we are the church. And I do believe as long as the church is here, everything's going to be all right. And I, long, I believe as long as you and I hold up the bloodstained banner of the Lord Jesus Christ, that things are going to happen. And I believe that God is looking for the remnant church tonight to make that happen. I believe over the last two years, a lot of things has happened. A lot of people's been wore out. A lot of people's been drained. A lot of people's been uh, uh, just feel like they can't go another mile. And there's been things that's happened that's uh, people's died that shouldn't have died. Things has just happened that we don't want to happen. But I also know that even, even in the midst of all of that, I believe that God's church has got stronger. I believe through all the turmoil and all the struggles of life that we've been through, I believe that God simply has allowed the church to get stronger in him. 
And so I believe we're at a part in life where God is doing something. And I, and I always say this, and man, I'm telling you, I don't care how bad it looks, I'm glad to be alive in the 21st century because I believe that God has ordered my steps to be here. And I believe that God has ordained you to be alive today in this day, in this age in which we live. But let me speak real quick in 1 Timothy chapter 4, chapter 4 verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter, latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, <clears throat> know that in the last days, especially, there shall be some that will depart from the faith. People that once believed in this word, once, people that once prayed the word of God, people that walked in the word of God, people that uh, 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 probably was teachers, preachers, pastors, lay people, bus drivers, people that was under the spirit of God just like you and I are, we see now that there is starting to be a falling away in the church. And I said that tonight to say this, <clears throat> Matthew 24 and 4 talks about in the last days and things that's going to unwind and things that's going to happen. Church, I don't know where we are in the book of Revelations. I, I love talking about the end times. I love what's going to happen uh, during the end times. And I love uh, uh, getting updates on what the current events are and, and where we are in America and where America plays a part in the end time. And, and so uh, uh, Russia, China, and all of them coming together, uh, you know, there's just a lot there. But I know that we as a church is on the brink of stepping into the end time as far as tribulation. Now, the good thing about you and I, we won't go through the tribulation. But we're right on the brink of stepping over to that place. And so in the meantime, I believe, and I said this because I believe that Satan is unleashing everything that he's got to try to take people down. I believe he's trying to do everything he can to this church to uh, modernize it to whatever you want to call uh, happening in our world today. They want to try to stop people from uh, believing uh, what they once did, that they, they, they no longer believe it. They'll believe fables. They'll believe lies. They'll believe hypocrisy, and they'll believe all kinds of stuff. And we're talking about people that knows Jesus. And the Bible said that the very late. If the very elect could be deceived, man, think about it. Sometimes, let me tell you, there's, there's two remedies to this thing. If you want to stay in the boat where Jesus is at and where safety in Psalms 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. There's two things that you got to do. You got to read the word of God and you got to pray. You got to stay in tune with the spirit and you do that through the word of God because there's deceivers in our day. There's people that's coming with what they call new revelation or I got a new word for you. Let me just, let me speak some new word into you. And a lot of people, if they're not careful, if they're not into the book, the B-I-B-L-E, they can be deceived very easy. There's seducing spirits and there's doctrines of devils and there's seducing spirits coming out. And let me tell you, they're coming out of the woodwork. 
They're coming everywhere, church. That's why it's all, 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 all mindful of the church to be prayed up, fed up, ready to go. Listen, man, I'm telling you, the Bible talks about Ephesians, having the whole armor of God on. Because we're fighting spiritual battles. We're fighting principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places, the Bible said. I'm not fighting the guy next to you. I'm not fighting the woman next to you. I'm not fighting the guy out on the street. I'm fighting the spirit of the enemy tonight. And that spirit's come to bombard the church and try to get the church to fall back and slide into what the world's doing. I listened to a man the other day behind the pulpit, uh, not behind the pulpit, but I listened as he was speaking behind the pulpit to his church, and he was talking about that he is a new, new part of a new generation, a new era that's coming in the church. And he talked about different things that was happening and things that his church was doing that was being more current with the society that we live in today. We don't have to be in current with the society. We don't have to do what the world's doing. The Bible said we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And if the Bible don't, if it don't say it in the Bible, then it's not true. If, if the Bible, it can't contradict what the word of God says. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but what? My word won't pass away. They're seducing spirits tonight, church. And they come into our churches and they sit in the pews and they'll whisper things in people's ears. Believe it or not. There's spirits that come and they will send uh, other spirits into a church that will try to cause confusion in those churches. I know it seems a little bit unorthodox, but it really happens. See, I believe there's a spirit of Jezebel across our land today. And she's out to destroy the church. But Jesus said, nothing could prevail against the church. There's no, there's no weapon formed against the church. For the kingdom of God has come today. Look, man, I'm telling you, we're powerful people tonight. I was reading an article about over there in Ukraine, and everybody's sad about Ukraine, and that's probably broke my heart. I've, I've seen a lot of wars and, and heard of a lot of people going to wars, and I've seen countries, and, and uh, uh, I've seen people go to Afghanistan and go to Vietnam, and I've seen things that's happening. I've talked to World War I or two victims at times that had seen everything that they could see. I've, seen, I've talked to people that's just been through the ringer with things. And they talked about how bad they are. And uh, everybody said that Ukraine was going to be one of those cities that Russia would go right in and, and uh, uh, just take right over. And uh, some of the responses that I got, and I know we can't believe everything on Facebook. My wife's always telling me that. I'll tell her, babe, I need to talk to you about something. She said, you get it from Facebook? I said, no, it's a divine revelation from the Lord. <laughs> and when I tell her it's Facebook, she just goes, okay, give it to me. But anyways, there was tales of missiles coming toward the Iranians, but they would totally miss the people and nobody knew where the missiles was. There was being fired and shot at at times and said they should have really hit their targets, but they never once did. Said there was people that would stand and give their life in front of the tanks and would not let them go into the city. 
And we're talking about most of them was Christians over there that they had prayed and asked God to intervene on their behalf. And see, I believe, church, when the fire of the power of darkness comes upon a church, there's power in the name of Jesus. You give me three or four people in this church that knows how to pray in the Holy Ghost and knows how to get a hold of the horns of the altars of the church and pray to God, I'll go to battle with them any day of the world, uh, any day of the week. You give me a church like this that prays and believes together and we come against one thing, man, I'm telling you, one can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000, three and on, 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 and on, and on. There's power in this church tonight. We are full of Holy Ghost power. I don't lack in the power of Jesus. I want more of him, but I know I've got the goods tonight. Why? Because I'm blood bought. I pray. I seek God. I know what it's about to use the weapons of our warfare tonight. I know. I realize that I cannot fight in this thing alone and that it's not all about me. But I know that if I put on the whole armor of God, there's no fiery darts of the wicked that can penetrate. Woo! It's just the truth. Man, when we're covered with the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, when we got all the armor on, my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. See, there's something about being in the presence of God when you're fighting the enemy and you're fully clothed in the army of the Lord and you've got your uh, outfit on and you've been prayed up and read up. Man, there's no weapon formed against you that's going to prosper. Man, there's power in the name of Jesus. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. When those seducing spirits come around and when, when people tries to tell you that we're living in modern times and a different time and you must well get used to what's going on, the church don't have to get used to it. There's Christians that's buying into it though. The enemy has come to kill, to steal, and destroy. And Jesus said, I come to give you life and that more abundantly. Listen, church, we worry about starving. I'm always telling my wife, and I tell you, I check myself, but I'm trying to tell myself, I trust in Jesus. I do. I trust in God with every ounce in me. And I tell my wife, I said, I, I trust God's going to supply every one of my needs. I'm not going to starve to death. I'm not going to run out of water. I, I'm going to have my diet Pepsi. I'm going to have my food. But there is times I'll catch myself and I'll say, honey, you might have get a few extra things because we don't know what's going to happen in the next two or three months. You know, they talk about the ships and the, the, all the, uh, the, the trailers was backed up on the ocean for a few weeks because they wouldn't let them bring them into port and unload their cargo. And they talked about things that was going to be slow. And you might, you know, sometimes we go through a crisis and there's not enough toilet paper. And so everybody runs out the store and gets everything they can and... So I told Connie, I said, we need to make sure we have a little bit. And I, and I still believe that. I want to use a little bit of wisdom. I ain't, I ain't no dummy. Uh, but I also know this, that Jesus is my anchor. And I'm not going to be deceived by the lies of the enemy. I'm not going to listen to what I hear out there in the secular world about how bad it is or how bad it's going to get. I listen to one beat, and that is the heartbeat of Jesus. And when he says, listen to the trump, I'm going to listen to the trump. When he says, do this, I'll do that. When he said, do this and don't do that, I won't do that. But I'm, I guarantee you tonight, church, the world wants to put fear upon the people in America tonight. 
The enemy wants to bring fear into the church. Whether he does it through COVID, vaccine, get your shots or whatever, his job is to get the church idle, to get their mind off of who their captain is, to get our minds on other things other than Jesus. He's a deceiver. He come to kill, to steal, and destroy. I want to tell you one more time. There is a spirit of the Antichrist. Be careful, church. I want to encourage you to always have your armor on. I've got a gun within a foot of my bed because if somebody decides they want to come in and eat tonight at 2 o'clock in the morning, they may not like what they hear because I want to protect my family. And so I, just out of the natural sense of me, I want to make sure that it's go. I go to St. Louis here recently when my wife's had some eye troubles and we've been going to St. Louis and uh, been trying to get her taken care of. And every time I go, I bring my gun. Now, somebody says, well, that's a lack of faith. But I don't want something to happen on the side of the road that I had to leave my wife and children or whoever and them be in a car by themselves or something. So I want some type of protection. But I know down deep inside of me that I am filled with the Holy Ghost, full of the anointing of God, and that God will protect us through thick and thin. I had a brother of mine, a, a Pentecostal preacher of mine, back when I was pastoring in Fredericktown, Missouri. Him and his brother would come and preach me every year, a revival. Now, they're two nuts. They're little banny roosters, and they are preaching machines. They come out of West Virginia, out of the hills, and they, they, they was into street preaching. Well, they'd go to Festus. They went to a Festus Pentecost church, got up there and preached, and they had cops and cars and people lined up all over. He'd come and preach me two-week revival. Timmy Ward did, and he come, and his brother Billy, they preached a, a, a tag team. And, and uh, so one, one Friday night, uh, Billy had to leave, but me and Timmy stayed. And Tim, Timmy said, I'm going to go. We was going to go one more week with Billy and, I mean, Timmy. And so uh, uh, Timmy looked at me that Friday morning. He said, Brother Burton, you know what we're going to do? I said, no, what are we going to do? He said, we're going to go on the courthouse square and we're going to preach the word tonight. He said, I'm going to stir me up some devils. And he meant it too. And uh, he got up there on that Saturday. No, I got on one side of the corner of the courthouse, and I was, I was just preaching, Jesus loves you, hallelujah, give your heart to the Lord. And, and he was over there preaching, heaven or hell, turn or burn, you know. Wasn't long, man, his little banny rooster preaching style. He, he got traffic in that little bitty old town of 3,400 people back then. He had so many people in that church, I mean, in that city all stirred up. He had traffic as far as the eye could see. He ran across the bar over there and opened the door and said, you better get your hearts right or you're going to split hell right open. An old man come out of there with his beer in his hand. He said, young man, he said, I'm fixing to knock you upside your head. Old Timmy raised his hands up and began to speak in the Holy Ghost. And that little old fellow that was in that bar took off running down the street. And Timmy never seen him, but uh, he didn't care. Now, I was a little bit more quiet, calm, and, and laid back, but Timmy didn't care. He just preached, preached, preached. He didn't care if it stirred them up, didn't care what was going on. I, I said, Timmy, how did you know those people going to hell? He said, I ain't preaching to everybody, Brother Burton. I'm only preaching the ones that need it. I said, okay. But he believed in the power of God. He just believed that God would protect him. 
He believed that no matter what he did, he, he knows that God was with him. And I commend him for that, but I don't know if that's my lifestyle of preaching or not, but I'm not a street preacher, but he is. I just know that we have power in the name of Jesus. And if I can encourage you tonight in this simple little message is to read and pray. Let God lead us in this 21st century. Things are happening in, their, in the near future, folks. I don't know where we're going to be at five years from now. We could be already up in heaven celebrating around the marriage supper of the Lamb. We could be just rejoicing a lot of things. But I know that if we're still here, there's a purpose that God has for the church. And when people tell you that, uh, uh, you know, just, just, just set back, don't make no waves, just, you know, they're coming after us, just uh, uh, don't, don't let the government uh, uh, get a hold of you, just, just be quiet, don't say no more than you have to say, hogwash. We can stand up for what we believe in tonight. Jesus said that he wasn't ashamed of us, and I'm not going to be ashamed of him. I'm going to stand up for what I believe tonight. Through thick, through thin. If they say you can't come, if Brother Miller gets behind the pulpit and they say you get behind the pulpit, we're going to arrest you. I promise you, if they arrest him, Brother Randy will get up here next. And if Randy gets arrested, I promise you, if the other boys don't do it, I'll come right behind any one of them. Because I believe that we could come to a place in this world that it could come to that in America tonight. But I believe that there's enough people just in this church alone that we can fight back the forces of evil tonight. We got power tonight, church. I'm trying to get that power in your minds tonight. I'm not talking, not trying to talk silly about it. I got power, you know. It, it, believe me, I'm, physically, I don't got it no more. I do for about 20 seconds. But when the Holy Ghost comes up on you, I'll be like Samson. I'll carry the pillows of the gate outside the walls there and just start huffing them. Because I believe that the church, we have supernatural power in the name of Jesus. I believe all power and all authority God has given to the church tonight. And that's why we're seeing miracles tonight, because we're believing in God. We're trusting that he's the miracle giver tonight. He's the life giver. He's the one that can do the things that uh, nobody else can do when you and I have done all that we could do. And I've, I've reminded God a lot about this. Lord, you said when I've done all that I know to do is just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God only requires us to stand and do what we can do. And after that, there's that unction that just begins to take over and things begin to transpire in the supernatural realm. I wish one day that God would all be in here praising the Lord and God would open our eyes and that we could see the angels of God encamped around, around this building tonight. Because I believe there's angels among us tonight. He said, I'll give my angels charge over you to keep you in all thy ways. I've got an angel around me tonight. It's not no puppy dog. It's a bad Burton dog. He's a mean angel when he has to be. Because you know why? He's protecting me. He's protecting his big brother. And if you'd look around tonight in your spiritual realm, I promise you, you've got an angel amongst you tonight. So would you stand with me tonight and take heed, let no man deceive you. It's not just about many shall come in my name and saying I am Christ, but there's a deceiving spirit, a Jezebel spirit that's loose on America tonight. 
And the church is the only one that's got the power to break that spirit of Jezebel. God did it in the Old Testament. He can do it in the, in the new, new, new uh, 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 dispensation of time that we're in. If he did it back then, he can do it again. Help me sing this song. I just feel it. We've got the power in the name of Jesus. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Though Satan rages, we will not be defeated. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Sing it one more time. We've got the power in the name of Jesus. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Though Satan rages, we will not be defeated. For we've got the power in the name of the Lord. You've got the power in the name of Jesus. You've got the power in the name of the Lord. Though Satan rages, we will not be defeated. For you've got the power in the name of the Lord. Aren't you glad that you got the power in the name of Jesus? Woo! That'll hair lip the devil. That'll stir him up tonight. Would you come up here to the front, those that would, and we're gonna, we're gonna say a simple prayer tonight and we're just gonna hold hands and we're just gonna agree together. Come on, make your way up here if you would. Would you just agree with me tonight that, that 